Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the world watches as Vladimir Putin declares parts of Ukraine belong to him in a televised tirade. And he orders Russian military into the region in what Putin calls peacekeeping operations. Russia's president defiant, recognizing the independence of two rebel regions in Ukraine, why some fear that's the first step toward a bloody war. We're on the ground tonight from the Donbass region. They say that it's recently been targeted with artillery by the Russian-backed separatists. Jury deliberations begin in the federal hate crimes trial of the three men convicted of murdering Ahmad Aubrey. Why prosecutors call the defendants vigilantes motivated by racial anger. Back-to-back winter storms were tracking two weather systems bringing heavy snow and ice. Royal health scare. Queen Elizabeth tests positive as England prepares to repeal all of its COVID restrictions. Struggling restaurants, how the Omicron surge forced small businesses nationwide to close, many still fighting to reopen. Rats found at Family Dollar Warehouse. More than 400 stores have temporarily shut down as the FDA warns of rodent-related health risks. Big fight in the Big Ten. The investigation tonight after coaches lose their cool in a post-game brawl. And a school teacher makes history after decades of collecting it. We'll tell you how. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Jerika Duncan in for Nora. 
War in Eastern Europe is getting closer after Russian President Vladimir Putin declares the independence of two breakaway regions in Ukraine. After the announcement, Putin ordered a, quote, peacekeeping operation to begin in the two regions. That would mean the deployment of Russian troops and weapons into those areas. And tonight, we want to show you these unconfirmed pictures that appear to show Russian forces being bussed into eastern Ukraine. One U.S. official tells CBS News this could be a precursor to a larger invasion or this could be Putin's only move. In an hour-long speech, Putin demanded that Ukraine immediately end its military operations in the east of the country or face responsibility for possible bloodshed. The White House says President Biden is imposing financial sanctions in response. NATO, the United Nations, the European Union and the United Kingdom all condemned Putin's decision. We have full coverage of the story from inside Ukraine. But first, we want to go to CBS's Weijia Jiang at the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening to you, Jerika. Tonight, President Biden is also condemning those latest moves by Vladimir Putin and vowing to respond with additional, even more severe economic penalties. But the White House is still scrambling to find a way to stop Putin from launching a full-scale attack, which appears to be more likely by the hour. Tonight, new signs that a military invasion could be imminent. Russian President Vladimir Putin's decision to recognize the independence of two separatist regions in eastern Ukraine and his order to have the Russian military conduct so-called peacekeeping operations there is raising fears that this is the first wave of a larger attack. The White House responded by saying President Biden will impose sanctions on anyone doing business in those two republics, while European allies slammed Putin's move as a violation of international law and said they, too, would respond with sanctions. In a late-night address, Putin delivered a lengthy rejection of Ukraine's sovereignty, slammed NATO's refusal to ban the country from ever joining, and called out the U.S. for having missile capabilities near Russia. That's like having a knife against our throat. With the crisis escalating, President Biden huddled with his national security team today and had emergency calls with Ukrainian President Zelensky, plus the leaders of Germany and France. A possible Biden-Putin summit proposed by Emmanuel Macron and tentatively agreed to by the White House looks to be in jeopardy. Putin, who oversaw nuclear military drills this weekend, has up to 190,000 troops on Ukraine's border, with nearly half of them in a position to attack. U.S. intelligence indicates that the Russian president has already ordered commanders to move into Ukraine. It could happen any day. Uh, Today could be that day. The Biden administration has pointed to ongoing false flag operations staged by the Russians to frame Ukraine as another sign of escalation. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan acknowledged the chances of a diplomatic resolution are diminishing. What we have done is indicate to the world that this is not something Russia has been provoked into. This is a brutal war of choice that Russia will be perpetrating on its neighbor. Tonight, the White House is also issuing dire warnings that the Russians have formed a hit list of political dissidents and activists in Ukraine that they will kill or detain, and that Americans who are in Moscow could be targeted if a military invasion unfolds. Jerika. 
Weijia Jiang Force at the White House. Let's now go to eastern Ukraine, where there are fast-moving developments there. CBS's Holly Williams just traveled to the front lines. Holly, tell us, what are you seeing, what are you hearing at this hour? Good evening, Jerika. Tonight, we're watching those unverified videos online that purportedly show a Russian military convoy heading into the breakaway regions of Ukraine that President Putin's now recognized as independent. A Ukrainian official says it's still not confirmed whether Russian troops are moving in. But Russian-backed separatists in those regions have been fighting a war against Ukrainian forces for nearly eight years. And today, we went to the trenches of that bloody conflict. We travel to the front line with Ukrainian soldiers. We're going to a position on the front line that the Ukrainians say is quite active. They say that it's recently been targeted with artillery by the Russian-backed separatists. Ukraine says the separatists are trying to provoke them and targeting civilian areas, including the village of Novonativka, where they seem shell-shocked. We're on the brink of nervous breakdown, said Ekaterina Evseva. The Ukrainian soldiers told us they have orders only to fire back in self-defence. They say this artillery hit was a close call just two days ago. Private Valery Kashkarov told us he was a businessman before he signed up. We are not afraid. We are on our own land and we are ready to protect it. Holly, what are some of the larger consequences of this conflict? Well, Jerika, the U.S. has been stressing from the very start that this is not simply a regional dispute between neighbors. It's about the rights of a sovereign country. It's about protecting Ukraine's young democracy. And it's about stopping President Vladimir Putin from doing what he's done before, which is invading Russia's neighbors and taking chunks of their territory. Authoritarian-minded regimes around the world will be watching to see what happens next. Jerika. All right, Holly Force in eastern Ukraine. Thank you. Tonight, a jury in Georgia has begun deliberations in the federal hate crimes trial of three men who were already convicted of chasing down and murdering 25-year-old Ahmad Aubrey. CBS's Janet Shamlian is at the courthouse. The pursuit of Ahmad Arbery that led to his murder two years ago this week was not racially motivated, but a result of the belief he was involved in criminal activity. That was the message during today's closing arguments from lawyers for the three defendants. The men have already been convicted of Arbery's murder in state court. The federal case hinges on whether the men were motivated specifically because the 25-year-old was black. Prosecutors telling the jury Travis and Gregory McMichael and William Roddy Bryan were driven by racial assumptions, racial resentment and racial anger. 20 witnesses testified and text messages and social media posts were introduced to establish a history of racist views, some repeatedly using the N-word. Legal analyst Joe Tamburino. So the text messages, the Facebook posts are relevant, even though they happened over a, a past number of years? Yes, they are. Because what it gives the jury is an idea as to whether or not these three defendants have racial animosity toward black individuals. There's plenty of evidence here that obviously these individuals have problems with other races. The McMichaels tried to enter a plea deal before trial, but the judge rejected it after Arbery's family opposed it. His parents were in court today. This has been very draining, and I'm, I'm thankful that it's almost over. 
All three men have already been sentenced to life in prison after their murder convictions. The federal charges carry a maximum life sentence as well. The jury started deliberating late this afternoon. They have adjourned for the night with no verdict. The Arbery family is hoping for a decision by Wednesday. That will be two years since his death. Jerika. Wow, Janet Shamley in force in Georgia tonight. Thank you. More than 25 million Americans are in the path of two major winter storms. States from Montana to Michigan are experiencing bitter cold and heavy snow, with some areas getting nearly two feet. An Arctic cold front will bring dangerously cold temperatures to millions tomorrow from Denver, which will see a high of just 10 degrees, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Rapid City, South Dakota, which will see highs of just one degree. The NTSB is investigating two helicopter crashes near beaches over the weekend, both caught on video. A Huntington Beach police officer was killed on Saturday after the police helicopter he was in right there crashed in Newport Beach, California. Now, that crash happened just hours after another helicopter plummeted into the water, dangerously close to swimmers in Miami Beach. Two of the three people on board were injured. Across the pond, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has announced the end of all COVID restrictions in England starting Thursday. The news comes despite warnings from scientists who say that decision would weaken the country's defenses against the virus. Meanwhile, Buckingham Palace said that 95-year-old Queen Elizabeth is experiencing mild cold-like symptoms after testing positive for COVID over the weekend. The statement added that the Queen will, quote, carry on with her royal duties. Back here in the U.S., cities and states continue to loosen COVID restrictions as the Omicron surge eases. The average daily number of new cases has dropped to about 100,000 per day. The pace of new infections are dropping in every state but Maine. But two years into the pandemic, many businesses are still struggling to recover. That's especially true of restaurants. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports tonight from Denver. Bright Martin was intended to be a Denver mainstay, bringing neighbors together over fried chicken and frosé. Instead, owner Jared Riggs' dream has been dashed by COVID. I feel like we're kind of the canary in the coal mine. Like nearly six out of ten restaurants nationwide, Riggs saw his business plummet by more than half as Omicron surged, forcing him to shut down. Probably harder in 2021 than it was in 2020 for us. Omicron and inflation were a double whammy that just made it unsustainable. Double whammy. Riggs was approved for aid from the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, a $28.6 billion federal program to help struggling restaurants. But it ran out of money after just a third of applicants got help. Chuck Charcoal Chicken also missed out on COVID relief. Now Omicron and staffing shortages are clipping their wings. It's hard to navigate. Chief Operating Officer Elizabeth Nicholas says rising costs are also a challenge. Chicken jumped 8% in a week. It's totally braced for impact. Thank you so much. One in four Colorado restaurants now say they are thinking about shutting down in the next six months. And of course, this isn't just a story here in Denver. It's an issue facing restaurants across the country. Nationally, 91% of restaurants report difficulty hiring. 89% have raised prices, and as many as 8 in 10 say they are in danger of closing without assistance. We are on the verge of an extinction event for this industry. An extinction event? It's that dire. But further COVID relief remains a non-starter in Washington. Do you get the sense that Congress is hearing your pleas? No, I think, I think we kind of got forgotten. Feeling forgotten and now starting over. 
Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, Denver. Now to Beijing, where the Winter Olympics have come to an end after more than two weeks of competition and controversy. Norway finished with the most overall medals, including a record number of 16 gold. The United States ended the Games with eight gold medals. CBS's Jamie Yukis is there. The 2022 Winter Olympics ended with a closing ceremony filled with flourishes and fanfare. Look at that photo op right there. The athletes wore masks in a virtually empty stadium because of COVID protocols. Bobsledder Alana Myers-Taylor carried the flag for Team USA. She had a bow out of the opening ceremony because she tested positive for COVID. But Myers-Taylor came back strong in Beijing, winning two medals for a total of five making her the most decorated black athlete in the history of the Winter Games. I just want winter sport, especially within our country, to be for everybody. Um, the more and more different people I think we can get out to our sports, the more they continue to grow. The biggest headline of these games involved the failed drug test a 15-year-old Russian figure skater, Kamila Valieva. We're incredibly frustrated. Sarah Hirschland is CEO of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Our duty is is to provide an opportunity and an environment for these athletes to compete on a level playing field. And when we fail in that duty, it's unacceptable. The scandal has renewed debate over how to prevent Olympic doping. But Sunday night focused on the symbolism of the Games as the Olympic flag was passed to the mayors of Milan and Cortina, Italy, hosts of the 2026 Winter Games. And now the Beijing Olympics officially coming to a close. As we start to leave this Olympic bubble, COVID ruled our lives here. Now we all hope these are the last games amid a pandemic. Jerika. Let's only hope and pray, Jamie. Phenomenal job covering the Olympics. Thank you. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. There's some big news tonight in horse racing. Medina Spirit was officially stripped of his title today as the 2021 Kentucky Derby winner. After the Derby, the Colt tested positive for a banned steroid. The horse later died in December following a workout. And today, Medina Spirit's trainer, Bob Batford, was suspended for 90 days and hit with a $7,500 fine and now needs to forfeit the nearly $2 million race prize. Batford is appealing the decision. Well, tonight, the Big Ten basketball conference is promising swift action after mayhem erupted during a postgame confrontation between University of Michigan coach Juwan Howard and rival Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard. Players tried to hold coach Howard back, but he hit an assistant coach. After the game, Howard said things escalated after Gard touched him. He also said he was upset with a late timeout call by Wisconsin in a 14-point blowout. Tonight, more than 400 family dollar stores remain closed. The discount retailer is trying to recover from a widespread rodent infestation at its distribution center in West Memphis, Arkansas. The stores are in six states across the South. Family Dollar has issued a voluntary recall for many products sold at those stores. 
The company says it is not aware of any customer complaints or illnesses linked to the problem. One of the largest collections of African-American artifacts is going on the auction block. And what might be more incredible than the collection itself is the retired school teacher who spent a lifetime, a lifetime putting it all together. Here's CBS's Dana Jacobson. African-American soldiers have captured this Nazi flag. For the past 60 years, former New York City schoolteacher Elizabeth Meters has been assembling artifacts documenting the African-American experience. I have a love not just of African-American history, but I love history. And history is the basis of patriotism. Her collection features over 20,000 items. This is a Martin Luther King signed civil rights letter. Including memorabilia from civil rights icons and superstars of the sports world. Over here we have a life-size wax figure of Hank Aaron. This could be a museum, whether it's here in New York or in any town or city in America. It's a ready-to-go museum. I have weaponry from the Civil War. Now, just shy of 90, Meters is putting her collection up for auction. It could be worth millions. I'm shocked to know that a Pokemon card can go for a million dollars. So my question really is, uh, how much does America value American history? I have no idea. I have only a prayer that I send out with this collection. A prayer for the preservation of a priceless archive. Dana Jacobson, CBS News, New York. Tomorrow, American innovation protecting our nation's cities from climate change and the threat of rapidly rising waters. Well, that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell and all of us here, I'm Jerika Duncan. Have a great night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.